This is the Life Truth Network. Truth Exposed, Episode 44. Exposed, a feature of Quest for Truth, where we take a deep dive into Scripture. Now located at life-truth.com. Here are your hosts, Keith Heltzley and Nathan Caldwell. Okay, everybody, that's right. This is Truth Keith. It's time for Truth Exposed. I'm pretty sure it's be episode 44. We're in the middle of John chapter 12. Didn't quite make it to the end of the chapter. That's kind of long as it is, so I'll keep my comments really short. But hey, in a moment, you'll hear from our co-host, Nathan Caldwell, our uh, most favored radio Bible teacher of the long-deceased J. Vernon McGee, as he adds a few uh, stray comments in between here. And with that said, uh, oh, visit uh, J. Vernon McGee's ministry. It's still out there. Uh, ttb.org that stands for through the bible ministries.org ttb anyway uh, check them all out and speaking of going strong we are going strong with the uh, folks there at the christian podcast community where you'll hear some folks that sound just like these guys hello everyone daniel minnick here I host a podcast called Truth Espresso, and I am inviting you to join in. So what can you expect at Truth Espresso? Well, at Truth Espresso, we wake up our minds every Monday with a robust shot of truth. Let's dig deep in the Word of God as we get to know our God better together. Let's challenge our view of the world as we take apart conventional politics with a fine-toothed comb. See all that Truth Espresso has to offer by going to www.truthespresso.com. And by the way, Truth Espresso is now a member podcast of the growing family of the Christian podcast community. Check out other faith-building shows at christianpodcastcommunity.org, hosted by Striving for Eternity Ministries. Christian Podcast Community is a cohesive group of like-minded Christian podcasters proclaiming the truths of Christ, truths of Christ with expertise and passion in the areas of theology, church history, Christian living, evangelism, apologetics, parenting, homeschooling, sermons, and much, much more. So check us out at christianpodcastcommunity.org. Christianpodcastcommunity.org. One stop for all your favorite Christian podcasts. Main topic. 
So anyway, uh, we're going to be looking at John chapter 12, starting at verse 34, going all the way to verse 43, uh, which means we'll be able to wrap this up pretty easily next time. Uh, but what we have here in John chapter 12, uh, previously in the chapter, a thronging mass of uh, Greek Jews had come and had, had desired desire to see Jesus. Uh, the, the curiosity seekers went to uh, Philip and Andrew and they led him to Jesus, who spoke freely with him about his upcoming death. He shared parables to demonstrate how his sacrifice is needed. And in the middle of it, God made an appearance for the benefit of the crowd, not for Jesus. Uh, they understood some things about Jesus. They didn't understand the voice, most of them. They thought it was thunder. They thought it was angels. Uh, and uh, they understood Jesus was the Messiah, but they had some questions about what that meant. And so with that, let's look at John 12, 34, and move on from there. The people answered him, We have heard out of the law that Christ abideth forever. And how sayest thou, the Son of Man be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? Jesus uh, the crowd then answered him, and how can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is the Son of Man? Now remember, uh, for one thing, I'm reading this out of the uh, New American Standard Bible, NASB, and their confusion is, he said, unless I'm lifted up. Believe me, they were confused, that crowd. Uh, that uh, no one can come to me. And if, if he is lifted up, everyone will be able to come to him. And that the... Uh, I forget the term, uh, the angel of the world, basically Satan, will be cast down. Uh, but they were wondering, what does this mean? Because they knew very well what it meant to be lifted up. That meant to be hung on a tree. To be hung on a tree was to be cursed. Uh, in the um, Expositor's Bible Dictionary states this, there's no specific passage in the Pentateuch that affirms the eternity of the Messiah, but if by the law the people meant the Old Testament in general, the Davidic covenant may have been their source of information. The people were confused by Jesus' reference to the Son of Man and wanted to know who he was. Uh, and the reference on the Davidic covenant goes back to Second Samuel 12, uh, 13. Wait a minute. 7, 12, and 13, uh, chapter 7, I'll put it that way, chapter 7, verses 12 and 13, uh, where it says, uh, when your days are complete and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your descendant after you who will come forth from you, and I will establish his kingdom. Verse 13, he shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Oh, verse uh, 14 and 15 uh, is kind of in your teal. Let me go ahead and read those. Uh, I will be a father to him, and he will be a son to me. When he commits iniquity, I will correct him with the rod of men and with the strokes of sons of men. Of course, Jesus never committed an iniquity. He took on our iniquity, you know. He certainly was uh, struck for ours. Uh, verse 15, but my loving kindness shall not depart from him. As I took it away from Saul, whom I removed from before you, 
And finally, verse 16, your house and your kingdom shall endure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. Now, he's, of course, saying this to David by extension. Uh, it's a promise that the one will come uh, and uh, have a kingdom forever. So this is what's confusing them, apparently. Verse 35 so Jesus said to them, For a little while longer the light is among you. Walk while you have the light, so that darkness will not overtake you. He who walks in the darkness does not know where he goes. All right, this is going to be a heavy-hitting verse here, because it's all through Jesus' ministry. It's all through this passage where he's teaching these uh, Greek Jews. I have some verse references here I want to try to read as many as, as I can. Uh, the, it talks about the light is among you. Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Uh, we see this in uh, 7.33. That was what we read last week where uh, he said, Therefore Jesus said, For a little while longer I am with you than I go to him who sent me. Um, elsewhere in chapter 9, verse 4, um, we must work the works of him who sent me as long as it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. Walk while you have the light. Um, that uh, connects with John 12, uh, 36 and 46, which we'll get to those verses later. Just real quick, I'll read uh Verse 36, it just talks about why you have the light. Believe in the light so that you may become sons of light. I shorten that a little bit. And then verse 46, I have come as light into the world so that everyone who believes in me will not remain in darkness. Uh, now that's from, we'll get to that verse uh, next time, probably. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, then, uh, Let's see, in John, oh, this is what I want to really get to, John chapter 1, uh, verses 5 through 9, we see this, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There came a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. Uh, there was a true light which, coming into the world, enlightens every man. Of course, that's how John opens this. Uh, John talks about uh, Jesus being the light. Uh, it work while, while it is light, because it's not going to be light forever. Uh, but um, let's look at some prophecy real quick. Isaiah 42, um, verse 6 and 7. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will hold you by the hand and watch over you, and I will appoint you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the nation, to open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the dungeons, and those who dwell in darkness from the prisons. That's kind of a flip-flop here, what Jesus is saying, because he's telling his people, work while the light's here, because when the light goes away, you won't be able to see and this is prophesying that people will be coming out of the darkness of dungeons when Jesus is here. 
Um, and then there's other references I'll skip over. It talks about darkness overtaking you. Walk while ye have light, lest darkness come upon you. Uh, verses 39 and 40, later on in the same chapter. Uh, For this reason they could not believe, for Isaiah said again, He has blinded their eyes and he hardened their hearts, so that they would not see with their eyes and perceive with their heart, and be converted, and I heal them. And there's other references in Psalms and other places. Um, he who walks in darkness does not know where he goes. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goes. That part of the verse links to uh, chapter 11, verse 10. Uh, John 11, uh, but if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. This reference here in Proverbs 4:19, the way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. Wow. First John 2, uh, 8 through 11. Let's do this real quick. On the other hand, I am writing a new commandment to you, which is true in him and in you. Because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining, the one who says he is in the light and yet hates his brother is in the darkness until now. The one who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But the one who hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. So that, I think, between the passage in John 1 and that one, I think that really nails it. I mean, why comment any further than that? Verse 36. While you have light, believe in the light, that you may be the children of light. You know, he says, there's not all the time in the world to believe on me, is what he was saying. And folks, that's still the case today. That is still the case today. It says, these things uh, spake Jesus and departed and did hide himself from them. So he told him time was limited and then he he went off. And he made himself uh, where they could not find him. However, that would be that he did that. While you have the light, believe in the light, so that you may become sons of light. These things Jesus spoke, and he went away and hid himself from them. Now, as usual, uh, Jesus would speak to crowds, and he would go away in a, in a remote place and pray and recharge. Uh, he would, After healing crowds all day, he would go away and pray and recharge. And his teaching with these people is done. Now, I have to say, uh, they don't seem to be as cantankerous or contentious as the uh, typical Pharisee. They did seem to be very open to what he was saying. And Jesus spoke to them as openly as he did with anybody, Uh, which tells me that this was definitely a different uh, breed of Jewish folk. Uh, Being Greek, they probably uh, had that more in their culture to be open towards different religious ideas. 
but in this verse, he does put out a sense of urgency. Do this while you have the light. Do it now. Don't wait. The light's not going to be here forever. There's a sense of purpose. Why should we do this? So it can become sons of light. Uh, with his teaching done, of course, Jesus walks away and hides. Uh, he just kind of leaves them. May I say, this is his final departure. This is it. We'll be right back after a word from the Christian Podcast Community. I love my computers. Matter of fact, I have two of them. And that's not counting all the phones and tablets and whatever else that happens to be smart, as they call it, in my home. I love playing games, creating stories to share, and occasionally even doing a tiny bit of artwork. However, there's a lot about computers that is way over my head. I don't understand installer files. How could one single file install so many onto my computer? I don't understand RAM, or even how the hard drives in my system do what they do. I don't understand any of these things, but they all still work. Someone understood it enough to put it all together. Like computers, there's much about God we don't understand. How can God be one and yet have three distinct persons? How can God, after seeing all my sin, still offer the grace of Christ? Why does God even love me? I just don't understand. But that's okay. He does. Countering today's culture in our quest for truth, this is Nathan Caldwell for Countershot. Find all we have to offer at the Life Truth Network by going to life-truth.com. All right, got my whistle wetted, and we're going to continue. Um, uh, verse 37, but though he had performed so many signs before them, yet they were not believing in him. Now, in this discord was... This discourse would talk right with this crowd. It didn't. He didn't really do any signs per se. I guess there was a sign where God came booming out of uh, a cloud with a stick for thunder or some of his angels. Of course, once again, that was our previous session. If you think you missed something, don't worry about it. <laughs> it was last session. Uh, but other than that, these people. He didn't do uh, what you would call a lot of signs for them. However, this is on the heels of uh, raising Lazarus from the dead. And these people earlier in the chapter, it did say that they came uh, in part to see Lazarus, but they found out Jesus was there too. And they wanted to see Jesus. He kind of stole the show uh, from their curiosity over Lazarus. So there was some signs in here. And, of course, John uh, also is characteristic where he doesn't lay out everything that Jesus did. We'll find out. I think the last uh, uh, verse or so of the whole book will say the reason why. But uh, he's not as verbose uh, with all the the miracles and acts as, say, Mark or, or Matthew might be. Um but um, it's possible 
that John meant uh, the miracles in his ministry at large, uh, or it could have been about the recent uh, raising of Lazarus, but it says they didn't believe. The thronging crowd did, didn't believe. Now, I think maybe some of them could have. It says they didn't. But here's another thought. I mentioned it before uh, we talked about this chapter, is that it could be that, because soon after his crucifixion, the events in Acts chapters 1 and 2 will take place. And we know that uh, you know the 50 days, uh, the Pentecost after the crucifixion, that uh, the Holy Spirit would come and Jesus would go on a cloud. And we know when that happened that people re had remained after the Passover in Jerusalem. And there was like thousands, uh, I think at least 2,000, there might have been more. People believed in one fell swoop. And, I, I, and I'm pretty sure I'd be willing to, to bet <laughs> If I was willing to bet somebody on this, uh, although how would we prove it? It's just a speculation. But I really think that uh, this group, they didn't believe now, but they had to not believe so they could get through the crucifixion and be there to believe when the Holy Spirit came. So that's my personal take on that. Now... Somebody says, but they were in the light in that day. What was wrong? Verse 37, but though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him. Uh, verse 38, this was to fulfill the word of Isaiah, the prophet which he spoke. Lord, who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Okay, I don't see how that fulfills <laughs> the prophecy. Who has believed our report? I guess it's rhetorical. Who has believed this report? Apparently, all these people had the report uh, of Jesus' delight, but they had some trouble with it. Uh, that the saying of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spoke, Lord, who hath believed our report? And to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? And that's the great redemptive chapter, the 53rd of Isaiah. Who's believed it? In other words, Isaiah 53.1, it's also cited in Romans 10.16, um, according to my notes here in this uh, Bible on Logos that I'm using. I love the footnotes. Uh, even in just the standard King James. But anyway, I'm getting off track. I'm getting off track. People would not believe. And Isaiah prophesied that people wouldn't believe. And again, who has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Uh, God knows who will believe, and he knows who won't believe. Uh, and faith seems to come easy for some. It doesn't take a lot for some people, and they they get it. And other people, uh, we can be doing ahead with it. Now, others will stubbornly refuse despite any overwhelming evidences uh, set before them. And certainly, uh, if not this thronging mass, certainly uh, the bulk of the Pharisees and religious rulers uh, saw everything that Jesus did, as well as all the people who were healed and believed. But they didn't. Uh, they, 
And some people, I think, today will say, uh, well, if Jesus would, you know, come to me and speak to me personally, I would believe. Well, no, you probably would. Because uh, even these Pharisees didn't believe Jesus when he was there. Anyway, 39. For this reason, they could not believe. For Isaiah said again, Therefore they could not believe because that Isaiah said again. Okay. I just want to interject here that their stubborn, persistent unbelief was prophesied by Isaiah. That's all I got to say. Let's move on. <laughs> Verse 40, he has blinded their eyes and he hardened their hearts so that they would not see with their eyes and perceive with their hearts and be converted and I heal them. He has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, that they should not see with their eyes nor understand with their heart, and be converted, and I should heal them. The thought here is just simply this. It's quite possible for a man to get up of the morning and say, I won't see, and he just won't open his eyes. That was the problem of these men. And the man will do that's as blind as any other. These could have opened their eyes, they would not. That is the thing Isaiah is saying. That is Isaiah 6.10. Isaiah 6.10. Render the hearts of this people insensitive, their ears dull, and their eyes dim. Otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and return, and be healed. NASB. Um, those hardcore uh, people just don't see uh, the provisions of God that uh, but the fact that they don't believe is is itself an act of God. So God has closed their ears and closed their hearts. Um, but without revealing his holiness uh, and the depth of our sin, uh, there's no way you can be, uh, begin to believe. Uh, there's no way you can repent. Uh, you, it has to start with, with God first and his grace first and then once we are aware of that gap <laughs> then we can begin to believe and repent and uh, be saved but these people uh, they weren't there they had everything that they needed to believe and they refused verse 41 these things Isaiah said because he saw his glory and he spoke of him. These things said Isaiah when he saw his glory and spake of them. This refers to a reference in Isaiah 6 where he had the vision in the throne room. And he what was me? I'm undone. I'm ruined. He thought he was going to die. But he saw God and God put the, or the angel put the, the coal on his tongue and he was ordained to, to speak the word of God. Um, verse 42, Nevertheless, even many of the rulers believed in him, but because of the Pharisees, they were not confessing them for fear they would be put out of the synagogue. Notice verse 42, Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many believed on him, but because of the Pharisees they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. So they were afraid. And we'll find two of them taking down the body of Jesus. 
Now, again, whether any in the thronging mass believed, there was some more in the ruling class who did believe. I mean, in the, uh, at the raising of Lazarus, we find that some of them believed then. Uh, little by little, in various places through John, we found that some of the ruling class they believed, but the the bullying overreach of the tyrannical <laughs> uh, Pharisees and chief priests uh, had them uh, afraid. Uh, they just weren't ready to go public. Uh, fear of losing their social status. Uh, uh, and fear of the Pharisees uh, held them back. Uh, I know there's a lot maybe in our culture today where, you know, we believe, but we just hide it under a bushel. Uh, I know of a particular person, I uh, won't say any names, but they came to faith, and they were they hid it. They, they read their Bible under the covers at night with the flashlight. They did let their parents know what they did. Uh, and it, eventually, of course, they came out. But uh, but sometimes it, it's like that. We we have a, a, a very young and fragile belief. Uh, finally, in verse 43, we find out why. It's because they love the approval of men rather than the approval of God. For they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. That's unfortunate. I think there are secret believers today, by the way, but they're cowards. No question about that. Folks, that's a dangerous place to be. That is a dangerous place to be, because if you're ashamed of Christ, are you really one of his? I know that Romans 10 says, he that believeth will not be ashamed. So that's a dangerous place to be. And that's where we're going to wrap up. Uh, sometimes that social standing, uh, that comfortable living, uh, it just comes between us and God. They let it become between them and God. And you can't point any fingers because you know you'd be the same way. <laughs> but that's what we have for our, our session here. And so stay tuned. We only have about seven more verses from verse uh, 40. Uh, four to fifty. It won't be very much, but there's a, a lot of uh, uh, heavy hitting teaching coming up here. More review of, of what Jesus' ministry is like uh, from John. Anyway, we'll see you then. Are you just watching? Do you enjoy watching movies? The special effects, the interesting characters, the great stories. There's a lot to enjoy that comes out of Hollywood. But sometimes it's best to approach secular media with a healthy dose of critical thinking. Join me, E. Franklin, and Tim Martin, as we discuss our favorite movies and share critical thinking for the entertained Christian. So visit areyoujustwatching.com to subscribe. And don't just watch. All right. Well, that's our episode. Um, you know, a recurring theme in John is that Jesus is the light of the world. Uh, the light of life, the light of men. Uh, in him is no darkness. And uh, the darkness hates the light. And we're going to see that a little bit more as we wrap up this chapter. The next time we come back to it, in roughly four weeks or so, depends on if there's a uh, fifth week uh, during the calendar. And depends on if I 
lose track of the day and do it a little earlier or a little bit late. Um, anyway, that's all I got. And so it's time for our voice of the podcast, Anthony Russo, to come and tell us how you can find us on the web. Leave us an email. Send us a voicemail. We'd love to get some feedback from you and let us know uh, what you think of our podcast. So take it away, Anthony. Visit life-truth.com where you can find all our shows. Leave a message or call our voicemail number at 401-753-4844. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash life truth page. Follow us on Twitter at capital H, capital E, capital N, capital C, A-S-T. Everything Nathan Caldwell does can be found at facebook.com forward slash protectors of the book. Music in the show is used by permission of Kevin Zerby at zerbinator.wordpress.com. May the word of Christ dwell in you richly. May you find everything you need. And if you don't know Jesus, your greatest need is a Savior. Thanks for listening.